Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hello and welcome to the Runs World Podcast with me, Rick Pearson. And me, Ben Hobson. Today we're talking with Joe French about barefoot running and PTSD. Amongst many other things. Yes, indeed. Mountaineering, adventure. Yeah, there's a lot to it. I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a great interview, I think. And that's mainly down to him, not, not that we didn't ask about <laughs> questions, but because we always do. Yeah, I mean, we've take, we'll take, like, I'd say 20% of the credit. Yeah, okay. Is that fair? Yeah, tw- yes. Yeah, high, innit? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 10% each. So, yeah, oh, yeah, okay, yeah, fine. Yeah, 10% oh, each, fine. 10% each. Um, look, the big news is uh, the word on the street, the word on Instagram is that there's a new running crew in town. Tell it's, us. It is... I don't want to sort of like speak too much about it in case <laughs> the sort of, you know, the sponsors the, and the stuff. sponsor, everyone comes running in straight, yeah. you know, too quickly and we get overwhelmed with, with, with interest. But, um, I did my, my, my marathon, but 27 mile, huh? whatever it was. Yeah. My ultra ultra. Sure. It was a marathon. It yeah. actually yeah. really was like when I, an ultra on the south when downs. I looked, when I looked at the, the watch, I was just like, no, I can't. <laughs> even even though they described it as the long route it was just a marathon but anyway on, on the south downs which side note was beautiful we had the best yeah. weather and it looked fantastic and delivered on, on the day my performance didn't quite deliver but i had a lovely day out anyway yeah but i digress because what i'm getting to is i'm now i would say i'm, I'm a co-founder and a member of Lo- east london's new el- most elite running crew right it's called the dog pack it's a brilliant name isn't it? it's cool oh no uh it was going to be called five tired old dads but uh, it didn't quite roll off the <laughs> that tongue. That could be the subtitle, couldn't it? Yeah, it could be. Um, but yeah, we're just, you know, brands get in touch. We're just open to opportunity now. <laughs> we are, we're all pretty cool. Uh, yeah, and so that was, no, it was really, I'm, 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 I'm jesting about, it was nice to go and run with, consistently run with some people that I yeah, sort of yeah, now yeah, yeah. run with and like we all got on and, and we all ran very different races on the day. Yeah. Like James went off and uh, did very, very well. He, he could have done better. <laughs> he went the wrong way for a bit okay yeah and he still got, fourth, he got fourth so that was good okay. could have got third <laughs> sorry James uh, and then everyone else sort of like split up and had their own race but then we all gathered at the end and it was all you know it was great it was, it was, good. was the dog pack some, I love this the dog was, pack. It, was it founded after the race no it's been it? around for a little bit yeah so uh, I actually don't know this is no, we, we're just, I'm trying to, try to I'm trying to actually remember like when this nonsense <laughs> began when Matt, you see me, each other out there do you do any kind of dog Oh what yeah, run hard, bark harder. <laughs> That's the sort of you know. Okay. Yeah, I know. Um, we were just making light of the the, the whole situation okay, with like yeah. everyone. If you go, if you run with like the same people more than three times, does that effectively make you? You're a crew. Aren't you're you? a crew, right? Yeah, yeah, for sure. So then you have a name. You get some t-shirts made. And you sign up to every single race with that name. <laughs> yeah, which you've yeah. done. Yeah. <laughs> so we've got another race in the this bag. Is, this is how it starts. I think it is. It, it starts start. off as a joke, and then you find yourself. Like, you know, it's being sponsored by Lurpak and then away you go. Yeah, and it's, it's tattoos next, isn't it? <laughs> it's a slippery slope down to tattoos, Ben. Be careful. That's what I say. Be careful. Um, 
but I mean, we've. I think more importantly, it was, you know, it's a good race, and I feel now with your race coming up. Yes. Have you got a crew that you're going to do this with? Well, it seems like there's a lot of people doing it that you know. Oh, there's loads of people doing it. Yeah. So there's Kate Carts doing it from Runners World. Yeah. Um, and there's loads of good runners in, uh, you know, sort of Surrey League would do it. So there'd be lots. There'd be lots of people um, who will be breaking the hour for ten miles. I'm unlikely to be among oh, them. I think my. I've just got to come to that realization when it was. I'm glad I've, that I, it was a punchy target, but I think realistically, I've got to be happy with like 103 something. I mean, it's not that's. I know it's. I know we're talking about when you talk about like trying to get to a time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And every second counts, and that sort of. Yeah, way. it's like quite a long way from doing it under an hour. Yeah, but yeah. it's still not though, is it? It's not like no. It's, it's a time, and like I've only ever run 102 before, so I feel like I just want to get back in the bracket of you know what it's like where it's like I want to get back to being kind of as fit Close. as I close to as fit as I've been yeah, yeah. and then maybe it's the next race after that or yeah, yeah. just to feel like in the ballpark again so I think that's more pro- probably more what this is going to be I think that that's you've got to have well certainly I feel like the, when life patterns change and you like, have different responsibilities and there's things yeah, that you, yeah. when you've done old you running versus new, new you running in terms yeah. of like kids and life and jobs and being older and more tired and all that sort of stuff you kind of need that extra buffer event to be actually to like get back. Whereas before yeah, yeah, you could definitely. have gone like, oh, I'm going to do this. And then and that's it. And that was the one goal. Yeah, and I think you should jump into races and yeah, be like, yeah. oh, yeah. And I didn't train that specifically. But I just think I was operating on a an energy and fitness level that I ha- have probably yet to quite get back to. Yeah. 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 But, you know, you do, you do what you can, don't you? And, and maybe, I mean, maybe I'll surprise myself. Who knows? Yeah, it was, and the, as well, the other thing was like my race didn't go like great. But I got to the end of it and it had really like reignited like yeah, a, a right. desire to get better at racing. Yeah. But but, but on like and, and particularly like trail and marathon, which are like trail always for sure, love that. Yeah, yeah, whatever. Yeah. Marathon's not my distance. Yeah. But for the first time I went, Oh, if I you know, if this had aligned and these bits have aligned and I'd fitness was good, the conditioning was terrible. So basically my body okay. was like, yeah, yeah, This yeah. up and down is not for you. Yeah. So if I got better at that, then I can see future me for could, sure, could yeah, be yeah. like oh and and i was just a bit like even though it wasn't like a, a race that you'd go like oh i'm proud of the time i still came off the back of it going but that's that made me like running even more yeah like, great and that's yeah, yeah. Like, and that that was more important i think because totally, totally. when you when you sort of step into a world which isn't particularly familiar to you with running be it yeah. far or fast or whatever it is you want to do i think that if you can come out the other side and be like oh well i didn't hate it yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it can surprise you, can't it? Be like, yeah, actually, yeah. I, it turns out I want to do a lot more of these kind of long yeah, distance. Uh, if it's a beautiful home. sunny day and the weather, you know, and it's great and the, yeah, the yeah, course yeah, is yeah, beautiful, yeah. sign me up. I'm fine. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And I, th- I think that because I, I guess I'm concentrating on the on the, sh- the shorter stuff relatively. Yeah. And it can be there, there, you can easily kind of psych yourself when you haven't raced kind of five k, ten k, or ten mile for a while. There is a bit of intrepidation around, like, oh god, because it's obviously going to be quite painful. You know, that's just the, yeah. <laughs> that's the gig, isn't it? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Um, and just a little bit of confidence from, or maybe lack of confidence from not racing super regularly. That I'm just like, I need to throw myself back into it, and yeah. then just it. What will be, will be, and then yeah. I'll then I'll see, and maybe I'll feel a little bit more confident going into like, might try and do a like, late awesome half or something off the back of it, nice. that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Mate, this is it. There you go. You can be in the dog pack, mate. Um, quick barefoot running chat because we are going to go on to it with Joe yes. French um, you know I've you know I've dabbled have you ever dabbled in barefoot running well yeah I mean I've done I, n- I haven't owned like a pair of Vibram five fingers yeah, that, yeah, yeah. actually did I 
You probably did. Probably had a pair. I don't know. Yeah. I've got some Vivos, which I love walking around in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I've, you know, I've got like the walking boots and well, I did have the walking boots, RIP walking boots, but they got used. They got yeah. used a lot. And, yeah, yeah. You know, so I, and I would, you say like if I'm on, you finish a session and you can run a bit on the grass. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I might do a little bit of that now and again. Yeah. But never the like fully... I think I think I'm probably more into the like the foot strength being very very important. To, yeah, like, right, running right. properly. Yeah, 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 yeah. Rather than the like must run everywhere barefoot thing. Yes. Yeah, that's yeah, yeah. probably my. I mean, yeah. that's probably good, mate. I think as a it's like as a, a walking tool, like yeah. barefoot shoes would make a lot of sense. I think. I think it's sort of barefoot's good. Zero drop. I think anything that kind of allows you to be a bit more flat. Yeah, and yeah, has yeah. the shoes again. The premise being that there's more room in the shoe for your foot to naturally be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like people who are familiar with ultra they'll know that their yeah, the exactly. foot shape is different but they've got a bit more cushioning whereas vivo obviously are like and other yeah completely like barefoot yeah, yeah, shoes yeah, are like yeah. stripped back but um i mean i've got some in the mid yeah and i do like i do all of my um skipping in them okay okay yeah 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 i guess a lot of people go do gym work don't they and either like i mean you even see some people in their bare feet lifting yeah it, so. oh yeah, yeah so like, anything like that i'll always be in like minimalist yeah me too yeah yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. My, my weightlifting days <laughs> but I'm unfortunately not you know Joe talks about running over like lovely lichen and moss soft yes, ground yes, and yes. that I'm for, I don't have anywhere like that yeah it's it's so surface specific isn't it yeah barefoot running I think it, it took me a little bit of a while to be like to, to kind of piece those things together like I do believe that human beings ran and ran well without footwear yeah but they didn't run on pavement like in some ways it's quite obvious isn't it yeah but it's actually like yeah it's cool yeah, yeah it makes no sense on grass you know yeah, yeah kind oh, of, if you've got beautiful soft pasture land yeah yeah undisturbed by like messy humans yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. but yeah there you go um well look, let's get let's get joe french our guest of the week on let's do it guest of the week here in the studio guest of the week sometimes on the phone could be an athlete our guest today is a celebrated filmmaker and climber. His new book, Out of Mind, investigates trauma and tragedy and how he was brought back to health through barefoot running. So, Joe French, welcome to the Runs Well podcast. Thanks for having me. It's a pleasure. Great to have you on. So, um, I've given you a short, short intro there, but can you tell us a little bit more about who you are in terms of maybe your climbing and, and filming background? Yeah, so uh, I'm a climber from the Peak District. Well, from Sheffield, I I learned to climb in the Peak District and um, moved up to Scotland, to the Highlands where I live now, about uh, almost 20 years ago and um, kind of got used to climbing on bigger, bigger mountains here and, and, and bigger, bigger cliffs, which was quite a challenge. But as I was doing that, I, I got interested in the idea of making films about what I was doing up here as well. So um, I was working with some students in the local high school here in uh, in Fort William, and we got given a, a PD150 video camera to work with. And so I was working with the kids during the day and then going out and making films on the crags in the evenings. And um, that's where it all began, really. And I've gone from there to... I've been very lucky. I work as a, a producer-director, and I work uh, making mostly adventurous shows all around the world. I've done recreations of Shackleton's journey in Antarctica, um, a lot of filming on Everest, which I think we're probably going to talk about. 
and also some more kind of survival shows in in deserts and jungles and um yeah it's a it's a fabulous way to make a living god it sounds more interesting than our job doesn't it ben god it sounds better than running i mean this is i'm intrigued to how running fared in it sounded like you were very busy i was sort of uh and all the things were sounded far more interesting um <laughs> Yeah, well, actually, actually, I was when I was in Sheffield, I, I did actually get into cross country running, and I remember our our head teacher used to have us out at lunch times running up a very steep hill in Sheffield called Hunter House Road, and um, he made us do it just after lunch, so we always had a stitch. Oh. <laughs> that's what I remember that's, about that. But so running just, was always another, there as well. That's another little another little document in the file of why people hate running from school. Yeah. It's just like a real like ah, and we did it with a stitch. Yeah, there we go. Um, you Rick mentioned your book. Um, and part of the story within that book is is you suffer from PTSD. Um, I was just sort of wondering about the circumstances and events that led up to you having PTSD. Well, yes. I mean, I, I've said that, um, you know, I do this adventurous filming and, and it's a really incredible way of seeing the world and having an adventure and, and um, you know, making a living at the same time. Um, and, and that's when it's all going well. Uh, unfortunately, uh, when it's not going so well, it can become quite a different thing. And I found myself caught up in the two biggest uh, tragedies on Everest in consecutive years. Um, whilst I was filming. In 2014, we were due to film a live uh, wingsuit jump from the summit, um, which was going to be the first ever um, live broadcast of this. It was a, a, a huge production. And unfortunately, um, th there was a big collapse in the icefall, which is the, a, a big glacier that guards the, the way into Everest. And a Serac had, uh, had carved off and collapsed in that. And and unfortunately, 16 Sherpa were killed that year, which was an unbelievable tragedy and really hard to, to, to be part of and to, to comprehend. Um, I was due to be filming the behind the scenes footage with them for the show when uh, it occurred and, and ch plans had changed at the very last minute, which meant that uh, I, was, I wasn't there. Um, so that was that was really quite difficult, and um, I came home from that, and and my wife Julie was diagnosed with uh, with cancer, and we have uh, uh, you know a young family here, and and that was uh, obviously a, a big challenge. Um, she's doing great now; she's she's made a recovery, um, but she needed an intensive treatment program throughout that. And, and then I returned in 2015 to, to Everest and um, the earthquake hit. Uh, it was a huge earthquake hit in Nepal. It was 7.8 magnitude and uh, about 9,000 people were killed across Nepal and 22 people were killed at base camp that year. And um, I was very lucky to survive on that occasion. I was pretty much fully exposed to the avalanche it landed right on our camp in the heart of base camp and luckily I wasn't in my tent uh, because that was picked up and and uh, pretty much destroyed um, but it meant that I was out on the glacier with with nowhere to to, to hide and um, kind of experienced some kind of suffocation and 
um, yeah, it was really quite, uh, really quite a, a full-on experience. Um, for for a while, I didn't really know if you know if I was alive or dead. I guess in some in some ways, and then I came out of that experience um, to find the the devastation of base camp, and um, it was you know like a, a bomb had exploded really, and being there in a professional capacity, it was uh, quite um, quite difficult to make those choices when I'd been in such a, uh, a heightened state of uh, fight or flight myself to then navigate my way through the aftermath of it all and um, figure out what I should be filming, where I should be helping and and how I should be conducting myself in amongst it all. So that period of time for us, that was a year, pretty much a calendar year that all happened in. And um, it obviously took had an impact on me. And um, my book, Out of Mind, is is my exploration of how that affected me. I've never had a, a, a diagnosis of PTSD. And I guess I wrote the book as a kind of open question to myself, wondering if I had it. I was obviously haunted by what I went through when I came home and was experiencing um, nightmares and flashbacks and so on. And so that's that's when I started finding my way into the forest, really. So you sort of mentioned there that you were sort of self-diagnosing the PTSD sort of stuff. What were the sort of symptoms? Obviously, you mentioned flashbacks, nightmares. I mean, it's... So in in terms of a year of ordeal, like it doesn't sound like you could have fitted any more in. It's it sounded absolutely like horrific. So you're obviously going to be fallout from that. What was the sort of thing that and sort of led you to to think like, wow, I'm I'm actually something's not quite right here. Well, I guess it, there wasn't one thing that I can point to 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 say that that was the the the, the trigger of it almost. But I do wonder and I've done quite a lot of reading into this, is that uh, w- once you've experienced trauma and and um, and you carry on experiencing trauma, it kind of almost builds up and builds up and builds up. And, and maybe there's only so much you can actually take. And I sometimes wonder if almost like a stress receptor had kind of maybe blown a fuse or something. And it was, the, you know, and, and so I, I was analyzing all everything I'd done in, in excruciating detail in, in the aftermath of it. And, and I was kind of caught in a kind of time warp, I guess, really. I was, I was present here, but my mind was still back in Nepal. And I, I was just, um, yeah, it was almost like I'd become a time traveler. I, you know, I was here, but I was there at the same time. And, and all these things did make me question um, what was going on? Uh, I remember I was cycling, went out for a bike ride one day, and, and just the noise of the wind in the ear in my ears as I was going down suddenly made me think that I was back and the avalanche was coming and the sound of the avalanche. So a kind of audio hallucination almost had triggered it. And once that happens, your brain doesn't necessarily realise that you're not still in the danger. So the flight or flight instinct is the same and you still get a release of chemicals into your system, adrenaline, and it can actually feel like it's really happening even though it's not at all. So I guess 
I did go and see a doctor and, and, and he said it was likely I was experiencing post-traumatic stress. And if this continued, that's when it would cross the line to become post-traumatic stress disorder. And I didn't realize there was a difference between the two of them. So that's, that's why I, I, I started really, really analyzing myself and, and writing about my experiences and, and trying to almost understand myself by writing it down getting my thoughts out into the world so they weren't all just jumbled up in my head. And whilst I was doing that, I, I, I just said that I started heading into the forest and I found that I could only write for, for, for short periods of time, particularly with the, the more traumatic stuff. Um, but what I did start to find was that when I went into the forest, it's very soft underfoot. It's very very gentle mosses green and 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 all the sphagnums and pinks and and it's a very beautiful place and one day i just decided to, to kind of take my shoes off and, and and see how that felt and um and that's where the barefoot began really um i didn't really make a conscious decision to do it but at the time i was writing i was writing about my trauma and i was writing about the experiencing of discovering barefoot running all at the same time so it became one project. Why do you think that, that barefoot running, uh, you found that more healing perhaps than, than I guess what we call shod running, like with shoes? Was it, have you got any theory as to why you think it's been so helpful? Yeah, I think barefoot running really helped me because it gave me a space between the thoughts that I was being plagued by that was, were dominating my internal landscape and by being barefoot and running, I was having to concentrate really, really hard on every single foot placement, mm. the way my foot was landing. And even as I was midair in between foot strides, thinking about how I would land the next one. So this became a really intense sensation of flow that I would enter into. And along with that, I would focus my breathing. So I would get into a steady rhythm of breath, always just breathing through my nose when I was running. So, and, and that would almost moderate my, my cadence and my, my tempo with it. So I couldn't, I, I wasn't running to become completely out of breath and, and really push myself. And, and I was running to kind of maintain a steady rhythm of breath and a steady rhythm of foot. And the two combined really seemed to create this kind of magical space where I could just be completely in the moment, enjoying going through the forest and leave leave the world of trauma behind for a little while. Amazing. So I think that that that, that really, yeah, that was one of the magical elements. And also when you're barefoot, you're you're kind of physically grounded as well, which I yeah. think is is a really big thing. And I, I felt that when I was lost in, in the world of my, my psyche almost, I needed to come back down to earth and actually getting my feet into the moss, into the mud and, and feeling it was a really, really direct way of doing that. Yeah, that's fascinating. Right, yeah. In my head, I'm just sort of, this is complete like amateur, like not even psychology, psychology, whatever, but I feel like all of the trauma that you experienced was very much nature at its most aggressive and nature at its most sort of, uh, sort of against you, against you. Whereas the barefoot feels like a very sort of 
uh, symbiotic, at peaceful kind of relationship. Do you think there's anything in that? Do you think that the sort of you were, you know, exposed to, to things that most people would never have experienced from a sort of me versus nature point of view and the sort of the barefoot running allows you to sort of feel a bit more connected back to it? Well, 100%. I mean, to, to, to have witnessed what I've witnessed and, and the really destructive force of nature and how 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 terrible it can be from a human mm. perspective i mean in in a, in a global perspective it's just doing its thing but yeah. but for humans we're obviously you know very susceptible and and what's going on now with the climate and everything it's all it's all it's all connected and um to experience the the full the full kind of horror i don't know if that's the right word of seeing a, a catastrophe like the the avalanche at base camp was 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 terrifying in one way but but also in some strange way despite all the all the tragedy and, and horribleness was, was quite incredible just to see exactly how small and insignificant we are and mm. and when something like that happens you really feel like we are just a this kind of little species on this planet when with you know these these big events going on around us so seeing it from its most destructive point of view but then also seeing how it can help us and and actually there's no separation between us we we are nature and i think that we maybe sometimes think that nature is something over there that we need need to go and connect with but actually we are it mm, and the yeah. more more we can feel connected to it I think the, the the certainly personally speaking, the more grounded and, and healthy I, I feel in my day to day, the more I'm around nature. So it can give us so much, but it can take away so much at the same time. This is the Runner's World Podcast. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well. HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. 
For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Did you have to get over any sort of self-conscious feelings with the barefoot running? I think a lot of people might be intrigued but think, oh, no, I'll, I'll look a little bit odd if I'm running around the park or running in the forest uh, without any shoes. Yeah, 100%. You feel like a weirdo. <laughs> and, and, and some of the looks you get uh, uh, confirm that. They kind of look, give you a smile when you run past and then they have a quick glance down and uh, you can see the quizzical look on their face. But I've kind of... Because you're doing this in Scotland, right? You're doing this like wet and windy Scotland, Joe, right? It's not like you're, you're on like Santa Monica or something running along. It's like, it's, it's pretty wild where you are, isn't it? Exactly, yes, yes, yes. It's it's yeah, and I, and I'll do it all year round as well. I find I, I I've even managed to kind of do it, you know, when the snow's there a bit. Actually, in the forest, because the there's the canopy stops a lot of the snow coming in, you can kind of get away with it. So the ground's really cold underfoot, but but you but as long as you're moving quickly, you can kind of just about get away with it. Um, but yes, it is. I mean, it certainly. It, isn't i would say a mainstream sport uh, yeah um, <laughs> yeah but but i also do a lot of running in in the mountains as well and um when, when i run in the mountains i tend to wear shoes and That's trainers and, and, <laughs> and, and, and do that um so but but interestingly when once i started running barefoot that i was in my my uh, mid to late 30s it was about eight nine years ago now and I actually had a torn meniscus in both my knees just from, from all the film work and, and carrying equipment around in the mountains. And, and actually running in trainers had become impossible for me. Right. Um, it, I, I could just about plod along kind of going up hills and, um, you know, maintain myself that way. But as soon as I started coming down hills, I would just be in excruciating pain in my knees. But what I've discovered since I've been running barefoot is – is that now everything seems to have strengthened and, and solidified. And, and when I run now, I, I, I feel like I'm, I'm running on solid foundations. My, my um, arches in my feet uh, have kind of risen and um, the, the, the soles of my, my, my feet are really tough. And I can actually run now more in the mountains in my 40s than I could in my 30s. And, and right. that is since I've been having a period of running barefoot. So whether there's something in that, I don't know, but I've certainly experienced the benefits yeah, I mean, in that way. It's very interesting, yeah. It's, very yeah, it's interesting. really interesting. Yeah. I mean, the body naturally protects itself whenever you move barefoot. So you will fundamentally strengthen. There's a sort of, you know, there's a, there's a, there's a, the idea of barefoot motion means that your body will naturally protect itself, which means you'll run more efficiently. So whereas before trainers offer a small sort of gap of, I don't know, yeah, you can, you can run slightly sloppily, and the yeah, I think that's will... it. There are, there are consequences to yeah. poor form, aren't there? Barefoot um, running. In... I'm intrigued though. Like, what percentage are you doing? Are you is it sort of a every run that you go to the forest is now barefoot, or was it? Is it always just been? Because I think people have always been slightly cynical about barefoot and injury, and and because there are people who just launch straight into it and run every single run barefoot and just destroy themselves. So I'm just sort of interested. Did you sort of kick the shoes off and go for like a mile and then stop or how did you sort of work it into your life or did it just sort of happen and it's continued to happen well i think that the 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 bare feet 
it's about the environment. So I, I'm not running down roads barefoot. I'm not running on, on hard surfaces. I'm running on really soft ground. So, so I think, I think that, that it's very easy to say you run barefoot and, and that's the way to do it. But, but actually, I think it's more complex than that. I think that, that, that different environments lend themselves to different things. So when I'm in the forest, I never wear trainers. It, it, it feel, I, I really, I, now I've done it barefoot for so long, it just feels wrong being in there in trainers. And because I've run in there so much, I've almost mapped it out in my head. So, so yeah. in the same way as I used to climb on rocks, I used to remember the, the moves and, and think about them at night and imagine them. I can now um, remember the moves I've got to make as I'm running through the forest. So, so to do it in trainers now doesn't feel right. But that said, I don't always want to run barefoot, and and it depends what kind of mood I'm in. I guess if I if I want to, to be in that kind of meditative state of of flow. Um, then the barefoot and the breathing definitely, but sometimes I just want to go for a run in the mountains and and let my mind wander and think and and come up with ideas and daydream and and stuff. So I guess running gives you all these different options about what how you want to approach it and what you experience while you're doing it. Yeah, you're also getting in um, cold water, Joe, aren't you? You're, you're kind of can be found in the locks now and again. Can, can you briefly tell us about that? Because I think it's an area that probably with like Wim Hof and all this sort of stuff, that it's, it's become slightly more into the mainstream and people are kind of thinking, is there anything in getting in very oh, cold yeah. water? What's been your your experience of that? And, and maybe in terms of like helping you with um, deal with trauma as well. Yeah. Well, the, the, the cold water has gone completely hand in hand with the barefoot running. And I, I think the two the two activities, they're, they're very similar in a way, but very different. With a barefoot running, it's all about motion and movement. But with the cold water, for me, it is about immersing myself in the water and, and trying to find stillness in the cold. And luckily, in, in the forest here, there's this, this lochen, which I became really obsessed with, kind of finding the most direct way to it. And, and every time I'd reach it, I would go in, it didn't matter if it was sunny, if it was raining, if it was snowing, I always made myself go in. And the goal wasn't to swim about in it at all. It was just to stand. It was just stand as still as I could with my, my chin just above out of the water and focus on my breath. And there I could feel that the, the ice and fire on my skin and the sensations and again, what that did was it created a little space between me and my thoughts that were troubling me. And the more I kind of focused on my breath and, 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 and kept my eyes closed, maybe just focusing on the point, just, just, just between your eyes and just really settling there. And you can hear all the voices saying, get out, it's cold, what are you doing? Like, <laughs> or, you know. But if you can just switch off from them, you, yeah. can, you find that there's another space you can enter into. And that space is one of awareness. And so once you become aware that these thoughts are happening, but you are not actually these thoughts, they're going to come and go like the clouds across the sky. Sometimes it's stormy, sometimes it's clear, so, you know, but thoughts, they will always come and go. And I guess with this PTSD, 
Um, I have had a very acute experience of what stress is and, and almost like an overload of stress. But because of this, it's, it's helped me to realize what stress is and, you know, whether it's post-traumatic stress or just normal everyday stresses that everybody feels, we can still have the similar kind of reactions where we go into kind of thought spirals and it's very hard to separate. So for, for me, finding the, the cold water and the barefoot running was, was very, very helpful to overcome that. And now it's just helpful to, to overcome everyday stresses as well. I, I think there isn't a point where I'm going to get to and say, right, that's all over and done with. I'm completely healed now. I think it's an ongoing process. And, and the more that you can practice yeah. um, getting into these states, I think the more helpful it is. Yeah. How So how about the return then for you? What was the sort of getting yourself feeling more secure in your sort of management of, of the stress and, and the stresses in life. How how have you returned to climbing and filming and big adventures and all those sorts of things? What was the sort of the point where you thought I, I could go back? I've never stopped. Throughout right. this throughout this whole period I've I've maintained my my career. Um I, I still work in, in, in television and, and and go away on jobs um and so I did have a period after after Everest where where I didn't want to do anything, and actually I ended up going back to Everest in 2016 to film another series. So I went three years in a row, mm. and so so going back to Everest was was a really big deal. Um, I was having to work at the time as well, so I was kind of having a a mini breakdown as I was walking back into Everest almost like I was walking back into a, a recurring nightmare I'd been having. But I, I was having to kind of dust the tears off and then start filming the groups as they'd arrive and do my interviews. Wow. So so it was all it was all quite um quite uh full on. But actually yeah. I went back again to Nepal this year as well. And I just went back as 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 me, not as a producer, director or a cameraman. I just went back as me to see how I was. Mm. And that was very interesting as well. They were there was still a few tears. Yeah, yeah I imagine. I mean, I this is the thing that natural. most people wouldn't want to ever return. And that's why I asked, because it's, I guess, part of the healing and part of the management. But similarly with runners, I, I mean, I'm not a climber, so I'm just guessing. But once you have an association with, a, with an activity which sort of centers around your being almost as an identifier or as a something, you know, that you've, you've, you've found a real passion and a, and a real life passion for. It's very hard to not want to continue to do that. And I guess it's a balance between how much something affects you and how much you want to continue doing something. Yeah, absolutely. And and it's hard when that crosses over into your professional life as well, I guess, yeah. as well. I started mm. out as a climber and then became a, 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 a filmmaker after that. And so cl climbing is kind of fundamentally part of, of who I am. So to, to turn my back on it was, is, is kind of impossible, I think. It's such part of my fabric. But since I've become a, a, a father and, and, and um, husband and we've, we have all this stuff going on, it's very hard to just go out climbing the whole time because it's quite time demanding. So, so yeah. running is a great way of, of entering the similar states of flow and mindset 
but mm. being able to do it in an hour or or a couple yeah. of hours, <laughs> yeah. yeah, and yeah. especially where we live up here in in Scotland, you know, I can run up and you know to the top of Ben Nevis, you know, from my house if I want to. I mean, we're just we're just kind of spoilt for choice about where to go. So um, yeah, yeah, going going back was hard, but but I I've kind of got to make peace with the mountains because the mountains are part of me. Yeah. Mm. I mean, that's a really good way of putting it. I mean, the book is fantastic, Joe. It's a really brilliant read. And I think anyone listening who, uh, yeah, feels an affinity for what you're saying is, is really going to enjoy reading out of mind. If um, if they want to get hold of it, what's the best way people can get can get um, get hold of your book? Well, it's being published by Sandstone Press, who are an imprint of Vertebrate Publishing in Sheffield. And they can find, um, if they Google out of mind, uh, Joe French, they will find links to it all over the internet. Um, you can buy it directly now from uh, Vertebrate. And the, the official uh, release date is the 28th of September. So I'm doing a launch here in Fort William um, then. But people are already buying it in Waterstones and, and other bookshop, other local bookshops now. So um, it's, it's slightly ahead of schedule, but it's already out there. And the official launch is the 28th. So... Um, yeah, Google Joe French out of mind and you'll find it no problem. That's great. Joe, thanks so much for coming on the Runswell podcast talking about, um, yeah, the, the amazing things that you've been through and, and, the, and the role that, that running's played in, in your recovery. It's absolutely great to, to talk to you and we really appreciate you uh, giving up the time to, to come on the podcast. Been an absolute pleasure. Really enjoyed it. Thank you. So that brings us to the end of this week's Runners World podcast. A huge thanks to our guest, Joe French, and to you, of course, for listening. You can subscribe to three issues of Runners World for just £5. Head to runnersworld.com slash UK slash podcast offer to get this exclusive listener offer. Please make sure that you subscribe to this podcast if you haven't already. You can also subscribe to the magazine for more than just three issues. You can get like a whole year's worth of magazines arriving at your door. We're still one of the only magazines to make 12 issues a year. Good for us. Good for us, eh? Yeah. So, you know, you're really getting bang for your buck there. You're actually going to get every, one every single month. Um, yeah, it's great. Just subscribe to everything and uh, you'll hear from us next week. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. This message comes from BOF sponsor eBay. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee. And you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewellery that makes you look like the gem, or sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. eBay gets it. So look for the blue check mark next to that thing you love and be confident that every inch, stitch, sole and logo is checked by experts. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. 
And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.